Welcome to IdeaGen TV. Today I am thrilled to have with us the president of ACS Athens, Peggy Polonis. Peggy, welcome. Thank you, George. It's always so good to see you. So great to see you, Peggy, and so great to hear that things are going so well in Athens, especially at ACS Athens. And on that note, I'd like to ask you, what are your plans at ACS Athens for this year, this new year, 2023? You know, there's always plans at ACS Athens. I hope that for first and foremost that everyone will be healthy and well. Uh, we have some great goals ahead, but the most important thing is to you know continue developing a growth and problem-solving mindset among the students, and really developing the student the leaders of tomorrow. Um, and at the same time, it's so important to strengthen psychological muscle. Um, and we do this by creating reflective practitioners who are always asking questions, who are always thinking about solving problems, so they're not feeling, you know, victims of circumstances all the time. And at the same time, including in the curriculum things like understanding artificial intelligence, which is moving so quickly, uh, and at the same time, maintaining and strengthening our human aspect, what we call conscious citizenship, um, developing that kind of mindset. So we're always thinking of creative ways uh, to move in the world. You know, that's incredible to hear, of course, because of the impact, the impact that you're having on this next generation and thinking about resilience in ways that sort of transcends the everyday perspective that people have on education. And, and like you said, creating that resiliency uh, and especially with a mental health angle, is so critically important. And this is the Global Leadership Summit. This is broadcast to millions of individuals across the nation and across the world. And I'd like to ask you, what are some key qualities of leaders and leadership that you feel are absolutely vital to a successful leader? I think it's really important to unite people towards a common goal because united we can accomplish so much more and we always have one another to you know get feedback from support um and um i think consistency and clarity are also very important there's got to be a vision that's really clear and steps in terms of how are we moving towards that goal um, i also think that frequent feedback is really important because people need to know how they're doing um, you know, here's the area, here are the areas that are really going well, doing really well with this, but here's some areas where, and it, we, that need to improve. And here's how I can support you to do that. And of course, it's also very important for a leader to always role model the behaviors and the, the ways of being, uh, in an institution and hope that, uh, trickles down. And when it trickles down to every area, so everybody's speaking the same language, moving in the same direction and doing it united rather than being competitive and you know uh, undermining one another then uh, the movement forward is always so much more powerful and so as you look at this you know leadership framework how do you instill these leadership values and elements into the student body at acs athens you know that we know that yeah especially young people m learn 
primarily by watching adults and they and they mimic this behavior and they transfer it from situation to situation so the most important thing is for us to be really live in a particular way to really to to walk the talk and that means the teachers that means the administration that means even people you know the the the, the administrative assistants the people everyone on campus who's an adult but at the same time, you, we also want to do things intentionally. We want to include things in the curriculum that we want, you know, uh, questions that we want the kids to consider, uh, lesson plans, units, all of these things. At the same time, in co-curricular activities, again, we want to have the same kind of role modeling. We want to help students make good choices um, and also help them see that their choices have consequences and these these consequences have you know based on the behavior that they have has an impact on their environment on another human being um in their community in their classroom and so by reflecting on this and making a choice and perhaps the second time around they will make a different choice and this is what we aim to do to sort of create these mindsets um, at the same time, we want students to innovate. We want them to be able to be creative about problem solving and give them the opportunity to innovate and not say, you know, things are done a particular way, but give them the opportunity to tell us, here's how I would do this. Uh, I think it's very important to provide that kind of empowerment and platform where they can, they can try things, make mistakes, but then continue to move on and keep trying. And could you describe the type of leader that you're looking to develop, that specific type of leader that you're looking to develop at ACS Athens? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we want, it's really important for somebody to observe and listen and really understand their environment. Because it's so easy to jump in and say, you know, I know how to do things. I've done this. I've had experience. I've, or I've done it in another situation and I know how to do it. I'm not particularly a person who micromanages. I don't like to micromanage. I really like to empower people to, to develop their own leadership style. And same thing with students. We want to provide the guidance. But at the same time, the most important thing is the kind of mindset that they're working from. The kind of, you know, how are they thinking about the world? How are they thinking about another human being? Uh, and I think the, the process of doing this actually develops the solution. And then giving them the opportunity to say, okay, now I have this solution. It's not only a question of telling people what to do, but how do I bring a team of people to work with me together? So kids will actually take that initiative to say, okay, I have this idea. And then the next question will be great. What do you need to make it happen? And how can I support that? And then how are you going to get a team together to help you move forward with this? How are you going to inspire other people around you to come together to move so they can move with you and make this much more powerful and impactful? Incredible, incredible perspective, Peggy. And so as we look at leadership, could you kindly describe your specific leadership style? Uh, yeah, I initially, uh, I don't necessarily jump in, but I, I like to take a lot of time to watch, uh, observe, 
listen, understand, uh, understand people's, you know, different learn, different styles of being, um, understand what it is that makes people tick. Of course, that comes with my psychology background as well. And what motivates them? What inspires them? You know, what, what blocks them? And this takes initially some time. But once I get a sense of what's going on, then it's a question of, okay, how do I get everybody to work together here? Uh, so I will, I will talk about my vision. I will talk about where we want to go. I will get feedback to see where everybody is with all of this and then say, okay, how are we going to get there? How This is what where we want to go. This is how I want you to think about this. But then in your specific area, what is your action plan to make this a reality? And what is your goal in your specific area that aligns with my vision? And how are we going to move together in that direction? So then I watch and see, are we moving in that direction in every area? And, you know, in some areas it's faster, in some areas it's slower. And I will always go back and give feedback to people and say, I noticed this and you did this really, really well. Here's an area I want you to think about. And that has to be frequent and it has to be really clear because then people walk away knowing what they need to do, um, you know, to, to change something or what they need to continue to do. And at the same time, reflect on how is all of this uh, taking us closer to the goal. So that's the kind of leadership style that I have um, that um, that helps me I, really into understanding where people are coming for, from first. Exactly. And, and that's so powerful because as you look at as you look at leadership and you look at servant leadership, you're a servant leader, certainly. And that's really embedded in the style of leadership that you bring to ACS Athens, the ability to provide feedback a constant, you know, never ending feedback loop is so vitally important. Now, ACS Athens, you're in Athens, Greece, you have an international student body and in faculty and perspective. And so how does that shape the curriculum and the social aspects to make it an even more powerful educational experience for your students? Yeah. The curriculum, we, there are 64 different nationalities in the school. Uh, there's a di more dominant American and, um, and, and Greek community, but, but, uh, but uh, 64 different nationalities. And so how does it shape the curriculum? We have to decide. We decided on a curriculum. The curriculum is primarily American-based. Uh, and what we did is we looked at different types of curriculums from the United States, but also internationally, wrote our own curriculum to fit our particular culture, but knowing that this was mainly an American uh, curriculum. So it being an American international school, this is very important. That's in terms of, of learning. And we are a college-bound school, so and most of our students will go to uh, college in the United States or uh, other uh, English-speaking countries um, in Europe. But in terms of the social aspect, how that's shaped by the community, well, it, it's really hard not it, you can't you can't manage 64 different nationalities under the same roof unless you have some really strong common values respecting differences, you know, uh, whether we agree or disagree, we need to respect one another. We need to appreciate 
uh, different cultures. We need to bring this into the curriculum in the way of being, but we also need to understand issues in the community, global issues, and do it through a lens of um, respect and problem solving so that we can become part of the solution and not focus on what's different about us, but what doesn't work and how can we make that better and how can we do it as a team? How can we do it as a group? Because you bring a different perspective for, from a different nationality. You bring other ideas, other experiences. And if I'm open to listening to all that, the, our team becomes a lot stronger. And so the students develop these bonds. And wherever they go in the world, they maintain these friendships. And it's really interesting to see because you see some of this coming together. Right before the holidays, we had a, you know, a hot chocolate event here at the school. And it's amazing as to how many uh, alums came just to say hello and to see one another and to see their teachers. And that says something about, you know, and to share their experiences, to tell us their successes. And that says a lot about what they learned here because I believe that the result of education that is not immediate sure you can get the test scores you can get the college admissions all of that is pretty pretty immediate but education really shows when people go out into the world and they work and they you know have their families and their and, and they create those, those lives out there and that's when education shows because the way they live their lives and what's important to them and the values that they continue to uh, to work with uh, says a lot about their, the type of education that they got. Now, Peggy, you have so much experience in education. Uh, you have your doctorate. You are a leader at ACS Athens, as we've mentioned. And education is changing. It's changing so rapidly. Could you tell our global audience, from your perspective, how is education changing and how is it, quite frankly, staying the same? Education is changing and it must change because we're seeing a very, very fast developments with artificial intelligence. Just recently, we saw this, the chat GPT come out into the world and already, you know, students are using it and adults are using it and some people are banning it and some people are saying this is a bad thing and some people are saying this is a good thing, but nevertheless, Artificial intelligence is here to say, stay, and the development of that is very, very quick. And so in addition to that, you have social media platforms. The students are involved with social media to a great extent, much, much more than, than the adults. And so there are a lot of stressors that are associated with today's, you know, being a, being a, being a youth today. Um, and compared to what it was in the past. They're also comparing themselves much more to something that is unattainable because they see these images in social media, of ideal images of how they should be and so on and so forth. So this contributes to their insecurities that are natural things, particularly in um, adolescence, but it contributes to those insecurities. So we see more mental health issues and challenges uh, these days. Students have access to a lot of information that they're not necessarily always prepared to sort through. And how do I sort through it? And I think, you know, education is something, this is something education should be teaching to students. Um, but they also see information, they have access to information that they're not necessarily ready for. 
And so they're, they're forced in a way to grow up very, very quickly. We see a lot more family issues. These are all challenges that we're seeing these days um, that uh, makes it more important to have the resources and to develop the psychological muscle that one needs, but also the support systems in order to be able to cope with and to navigate all of these issues. In some ways, kids are all, you know, also the same because kids will be kids and every generation will have its challenges, but, um, you know, they still want to be social. They still want to be with their friends. They still want to, they have those insecurities about peer relationships and so on and so forth. Uh, they have their dreams. They have their, they have their, but at the same time, they're questioning things much more. So for example, with artificial intelligence, now they're saying, okay, if I have everything at my fingertips, why should I go to school? Why, why do I need to go to school to be educated when I have, to, when all I have to do is Google it or figure out a way to, to get the answer from, you know, uh, a tool, uh, an AI tool. So these are all of the things that um, educators are grappling with. And it's one thing for sure is education needs to change uh, in response to all of these changes in the world, the way we teach. So is it going to be much more higher learning taking place? So I guess the information is all there. Perhaps then what we need to do now is teach kids more the types of questions that they need to ask to become more inquiry based, um, have more inquiry based approaches so that they're synthesizing information, drawing conclusions, being more creative about solutions rather than learning and regurgitate, regurgitating information. Right. And, 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 and I wanted to ask a follow-up question to that. So, um, as you look at the amount of information and maybe even disinformation, um, do you find it a challenge to uh, help focus the students on finding accurate information? Because I, you know, I think we all are deluged with so much information on a daily basis and you can look up anything, but what you're looking up may or may not be accurate. So how, how are you adjusting for that? How are you adjusting for, you know, in real time, figuring out who are the trusted sources of information? Yeah, it's something that needs to be integrated in every, every subject, every classroom. But one very, very important class and lab that we have in the school is the media literacy class. And there's a laboratory after that and, and kids, you know, will go in there and, and they'll work with uh, the, screen, the monitors and the screens and the internet and TV studio and the radio studio and so on and so forth. But in the media literacy class is a place where they learn, uh, you know, how to sort through this information, how to understand what's, what's, what's real, what isn't real, how to check their sources. And in addition, it's not enough, though. Because in addition to that, in every class and from a young age, this is something that they need to be aware of. How do you check for this? How do you know it's real? How do you do that? And hopefully with, you know, repeating this and, and showing them and uh, role modeling this type of behavior, I have you checked your sources. Here's how I wrote my paper. You know, this is what I looked at. Um, the, hopefully this trickles to their the outside world when they go into their into their you know they go into their social media when their friends tell them something um to to be able to 
to look at that and say, okay, how do I focus and figure out what's right and what's 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 accurate, but also what's healthy for me? Because at times I need to unplug. I need to be away from this. I need to be with my thoughts. I need to be in a quiet place. I need to do things in nature. How do we get kids to unplug is a very, very real uh, challenge right now. Indeed, it's a very real challenge. Uh, and I'd like to shift a bit, Peggy, to, again, the leadership component that we've been chatting about. And specifically, of course, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. Who are some of those giants that you literally and figuratively have stood on the shoulders of to help become the leader you are today? In terms of, a, of, of leadership? Um, there's so many. And I think that, you know, I admire and, and um, listen to different people for different things. I think there's not one person, obviously, you know, the most influential people in our lives are our parents. And so that's, uh, and for me, that was a positive thing. So, but if I were to look at some of the major leaders throughout history and just off the top of my head, because again, there's so many, um, you know, I think of, uh, and for, for different reasons, FDR, Franklin D. Roosevelt, are, you know, getting, spending a lot of his life in a wheelchair and being resilient and developing the social and, um, you know, systems that he developed. I thinking about the good of the society, of the community, being able to do that. Um, I think more recently of um, uh, um, Yakinda um, Ardern, who, uh, you know, was a young uh, prime minister, was voted very young and, and, and had a baby and took her baby to, you know, all of her talks and led a country you know, successfully through uh, the, the pandemic and so on and so forth. So she had this motherly instinct that came to play and, and used that in her leadership. I think of, you know, Winston Churchill, who tried to keep his country positive through war. And I mean, these kinds of people, Virginia Satir, who's one of my favorites, she was a family therapist and, and she was a woman who developed a, a very strong psychological theory at a time when it, that whole field was uh, male dominated. And, and to this day, you know, she, this is a very strong psychological approach. So different people for different things, different aspects that I, um, have kind of, uh, you know, looked towards to see how they did this during their time. But, um, but it, it sort of comes from, yes, it comes from knowledge. It comes from experience. There's a very strong also instinct that I work with and uh, by watching others and, and, and knowing how far I can go, where I, which direction I can move. How it can how it can encourage others, how it can motivate others, um, yeah. So not one, not one, but many, and and I could probably create a list, uh, you know, today and and every day. Of course, you could create a list, but you've highlighted some incredible individuals, and specifically why why they impacted you and your leadership style uh, today and into the future. Uh, Dr. Peggy Polonis, I'd like to ask you. What is your call to action for our global audience and how can individuals across the planet that are watching this interview learn more about you and your work at ACS Athens? 
call to action. I think it, I strongly believe that it all starts with education. Being aware is the first step. And education doesn't necessarily always mean formal education. Education comes in a lot of forms. But, you know, we have the opportunity in schools to provide, to be intentional about the kind of education that students receive. And so awareness is very important first and then taking action. But I also believe, uh, as you know, George, and uh, you know, through the work here in Ideagen, that when this happens, when people are aware and they're ready and want to take action, creating partnerships is very, very important because the impact can be uh, much, much stronger. So uh, in terms of what we do here in the school, you know, we, we have our website is, is, is there, uh, acs.gr, www.acs.gr. And uh, sometimes people just stop by just to see the work that we're doing. You know, we, we heard about your school. We want, we want to take a tour. We want to understand what you're doing. And developing these partnerships across the world, whether it be with universities in the United States, businesses, NGOs, um, um, we have that opportunity to make a greater impact in the lives of people. That's the most important piece. Dr. Peggy Polonis, President, ACS Athens, thank you so very much for your leadership, your inspiration, and all you're doing to change the world. Thank you very much, George. Thank you.